Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Friday, October 30th. The Mandalorian Season 2 has now started. Go enjoy that this evening. Uh, Today, we're doing Financial Friday with the John Nicholson back on the show, plus getting hot takes on the Senate hearing with Twitter, Facebook, and Google CEOs, and I'm sure some other news to come as well. John, welcome back, buddy. It's good to be back. Awesome, man. Happy Friday. How are you feeling? Uh, Low on caffeine, but we'll we'll solve that quickly after this. (laughs) Okay, good. You sound like you just woke up. You know, I like to think of it less. Ab- I, I, there's a local radio program where they have a uh, just out of bed head like quiz show where they wake you up and then start throwing questions at you, and that's that's what I like to think about morning podcasting. So you know, it's, it's you got to add that extra challenge factor. It's a game. It is you're, a game. John Nicholson's first thoughts of the day this uh, beautiful Friday morning. So, okay, well, let's get into it, man. Let's just go straight to uh, Financial Friday stuff. Um, we've heard from a lot of people on the previous shows. They love hearing your takes on these things. There have been a whole lot of uh, earnings report releases the past maybe week or two. Where do you want to start off, man? I saw a bunch around Microsoft where they were kind of comparing uh, some of the revenue uh, streams that they had been announcing. I guess they were surprised maybe... Um, what was it? You know, Azure had passed Windows sales or something like that. Yeah. So there was this one's challenging because on one hand, Microsoft gave some clarity and said that are implied based off think off of a, maybe a question that um, Merrill Lynch or someone asked um, that actually I think it was Goldman that Microsoft was. Yeah, there was more revenue coming in from from Azure than from Windows. And in the kind of the Satyam era, um, it's definitely been a pivot from, you know, say the Balmer era and that windows is no longer the sole focus. Microsoft is obviously, you know, uh, even doing some things with Linux. Um, they're recognizing that office, they're recognizing that their development platforms that.net are really where the money is in and they're growing that. Um, the challenge is, is that they refuse to break out that revenue for, for Azure. So we don't know what it is. And so there's still a lot of smoke and mirrors and the assumption being, I like to think is that if you're not going to break out the revenue like others have done um, and you're going to bundle in other things into cloud and say, well, yeah, cloud compute and then bundle your all of your office sales through cloud because, you know, how that the licensing bundling gets done. It, it tells me you're, you're probably kind of hiding something. So um, I'm sure it's growing. I'm sure it's executing well. They're obviously winning large contracts. You know, there's the Jedi stuff at the same time. Show me the money. Um, so it would didn't, be good to see. Didn't AWS do that? It's kind of at the beginning of cloud. Louder, Jerry. <clears throat> Sorry, I had a frog in my throat. <laughs> Bye, Timmy. Um, yeah, didn't. No, no, no. I, I was I saying remember... louder, Jerry, from the movie when he says, "Show me the money." Oh, that. Yeah, and then he yells. I thought you were back talking to me specifically. No, no, no. Sorry. No, no, no. That's too Go too ahead. much of a too much of a shout back. Whatever that is for me. No, didn't I, I remember AWS did a lot of obfuscating what? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, everyone AWS, gave them or, sorry, crap about it. for AWS. Yeah, they 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 pilfered it away for a long time, and then when they finally exposed it, it was like, oh my god, you can make money with computers, and well, and killing it. But what was shocking with the Amazon AWS one was wasn't just that. Oh wow, there's a decent amount of. Uh, revenue there it's that the margins were good like yeah like, that was, oh wow that, that was the surprising part for most yeah people. yeah i didn't think anyone was making any money on this right 
Well, and they thought everyone thought that Amazon was subsidizing the cloud with retail rather mm-hmm. than the other direction, <laughs> which is um, despite Amazon's success and the millions of services that AWS comes out with, you also got to realize there is technically a boat anchor kind of around their neck, and that is that they are still effectively subsidizing the retail portion of their business. So it'd be like if Microsoft uh, owned a bunch of Walmart stores and was having to subsidize those stores with this cloud. And that's why, you know, people have speculated that at some point there might be a split or if if antitrust, uh, which has been kind of rummaging about, um, was able to successfully force some type of divestiture split that actually the cloud portion um, at Amazon might actually do better. And particularly since it would no longer be competing against the headwinds of certain vendors like Walmart, for instance, that will refuse to do business with AWS. So, um the, the financial reporting matters and do pay attention mm-hmm. when people say, well, we have an intelligent cloud division. Okay. Is the Xbox in there? Like what's in there? And so, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, I think the really important aspect here, you mentioned like how Amazon potentially subsidizes the, the retail side or e-tail, whatever you want to call it. Microsoft under Satya has really shifted away from being a consumer first organization to mm-hmm. really focusing on the enterprise almost uh, and, and so with that in mind, you know, the, the Xbox is an interesting one because there are some talks about what they're focusing on with the current Xbox. I mean, quite frankly, Microsoft doesn't care if you buy one of the new Xbox, whatever X it is. Really. I think you're talking about one series of Xbox Series X boxes. Yeah, it's it's those. It's that that okay. general direction of, of the Xbox. Can we call them Xboxing? It is. It's, it's plural, Xboxing. <laughs> I like that. Uh, well, they, they seem to be focusing way more on the the subscription service, which ties into their ability to deliver the as a service model and the streaming model uh, for for Xbox Game Pass. And so it does. You know, there were some questions posed to them that said, "Hey, you have sort of focused on the enterprise for a while now, and everything has been Azure, Azure, Azure." And I can even attest to it. Our business has seen Azure growth dramatically over the last couple of years. And, and so it's like, are you doing this with Xbox as well? And I think the answer is is very likely yes. So that is definitely a shift in their focus and something something very different for them. I think that uh, from the Amazon perspective, they they may face real risk of of having this issue of they're subsidizing this part of the business, whereas Microsoft is just sort of giving up to some degree on that that side of the business and very much so focusing on the public cloud. I mean, spending seven point five billion on uh, on Zenimax though is not giving up. So it's um, no, 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 for sure. They they're they're addressing a problem there um, as far as the the fact that. But, they but are no, you're right. Microsoft video. Microsoft is a cloud who is having to subsidize the video game division. Um, oh yeah, for sure. To, to deal with a perceived lack of investment and getting you know Sony doing well the last round, I guess. Um, this is interesting, and this this highlights a thing to where historically, if you go back to the 80s, these giant conglomerates that did all these things that were completely unrelated uh, were really cool. And then suddenly, you know, we go into the 90s and 2000s and we're like, OK, conglomerates suck. In fact, people didn't even like seeing VMware and EMC, you know, in the same company, you know, because they're like, well, it's a software and a hardware company. How do we value this, you know, with the how the weird joint stock thing was done? Yeah, that uh, started with IBM first, right? I mean, pulling software away from hardware, and, and they made the bet on the hardware business because they made the decision in the '80s, and in in many respects, that that largely bit them as they separated. And then they from, like, the then they said we'd become a services business, and we'll do yep. services, and we'll go down that, and we'll be able to drive shareholder value. 
And then they're like, yeah, okay, maybe not. And actually that, that's a speaking of, you know, announcements. That's when I'm still kind of reeling from is IBM spinning out their, their global services. <laughs> their, um, their cloud. I'm using air quotes here. Business that you want to talk about funny math, go read how they bundle that stuff in together and what quant you know, quantifies as, as their cloud business. And it becomes, I'm going to assume that mainframes are considered, I'm assuming mainframes are considered cloud. So they're the um, most cloudy of, of all the, uh, you know, endless scaling, automation controls, uh, quality of service segmentation. I mean, original form of virtualization. It's the OG cloud, but uh, no, getting back, closing, putting a bow on Microsoft here. Um, I used to make fun of them on the video gaming side and say, well, you know, honestly, they put more R and D and focus into, um, into Xbox and they do at times, you know, their cloud or Hyper-V or some of these products, but it, it does look like that. Obviously the cloud is a serious story and the games are, well, at least someone like, I, I think it's like my steam account. They at least have a serious addiction of spending money on games. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for wrapping that up nicely. Um, I'll give you the pick. Do you want to take Facebook, Apple, or Alphabet next? Or Intel. Or Intel. Or Amazon or, or Activision Blizzard yeah. or Shopify. Why are we worried about Intel? Uh, because their their earnings were interesting, I thought. Uh, what they they missed by one percent or something like that. Hey, we'll we'll start at the top. Devastating. Oh really? Their stock price anyways. I don't know if it was sustained, to be honest. I didn't keep up with it, but I thought maybe John had a thought. Intel's interesting because uh, they've had some challenges in shrinking their process uh, down and being able to get past 10 nanometer. And it, it did. there are rumors surrounding that they might actually use external fabs for once, uh, which is a complete shift for them, frankly. Someone's um, well, didn't yeah, they get straight up rejected, words. didn't they? Um because we we talked about that for a while. They yeah. uh, uh, T TMC, TMC, TS, TSMC. No, TSMC. Yeah, yeah they, they no, said right? nope. <laughs> yeah, and they've got increasing competitive pressures from uh, Nvidia and AMD and have Samsung mm. do it. It's it's going to be interesting to see what the focus is because just trying to have the fastest CPU um, that's a game that's getting harder and harder, right. and you know the the era of the CPU you always go to being there. But there, the there is some pivot to realize. There's a lot of other things in the server that you sell that you make money off of. There was memory. Um, there was NAND for Flash. They're actually Nick's that that was really shocking to me. Is they they just sold the NAND business. Um, although to be fair, the yeah. NAND business is increased, particularly the TLC, MLC, QLC stuff. That is increasingly becoming a knife fight. It kind of is reminding me of the the twilight days in some ways of. Um, of where we had a lot of different hard drive vendors. We're seeing more consolidation. It's getting more and more expensive. Um, there's still more of it shipping. It's just the margins between the players is getting tighter. They are keeping a hold of the Optane business, but that had joint IP with Micron, so that may explain that. Um, mm. Intel's going to have to transform, but servers, I th and I think we're already seeing this, and VMware's made comments on this on Monterey, is that servers, what they're going to look like are going to change. We're going to see more offloads and more strategic ways as, as we hit the wall on how far we can shrink CPU processes. Uh, we're going to be counting off PGAs and ASICs and other offloading devices. No. Um, what do you intelligence mean, no? and software, please. 
I just want the intelligence to be in the software. The FPGA stuff, uh, you don't think the, the proprietary nature drives me crazy in, in a lot of ways. I do think there are workloads that we're going to have to do it with. Yeah. But I don't want to mm-hmm. see our traditional workloads go that route. I, I, I won't state them because well, they're competitive so for, people on here. But that approach was taken in 2014 in the HCI we, space and always before. drove me crazy. And we've seen limitations that come from it because the software is not the thing that drives the intelligence. It's the hardware at that point. So have you seen P4 uh, It's a programming language, I believe, for basically offloading packet flows? There's, there's, so the, this is something that in the SmartNIC space, it's kind of been something that's been going around for a while and also even switches. There's Just because these things are going to exist doesn't mean that the actual control and everything's not going to be done in software. Um, we're, the challenge is we're going to need better standardization. In fact, you calling back to the the days of HCI with weird FPGA cards. Um, there's going to have to be standardization in how these things happen. I, I agree so. holistically. If if we get that, and and I've even made this this argument to some other manufacturers who I've worked with, some of their product teams that they're looking to take a similar route, and I've said to them, if if you can do something that is is standardized as what x86 is, then I think you have something because because then it's it's going to be allowed to be manipulated and controlled entirely by software and you can develop against it and, and people can write integrations. But if it ultimately becomes just well, you need a multi-vendor control, strategy. I, I have a concern. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. So and, and that's why you've got Pensando and that's why you've got Intel and that's why you've got Broadcom uh, and NVIDIA specifically um, playing in this space. I think the operating, not just the operating system vendors, but also the server vendors are going to be frankly skittish about um, going down a path <laughs> that there's only one person who can ship that chip that does that thing. Yeah, that's skittish not tombs. Yeah, you, um, we don't we don't yep. need uh, an Infiniband situation all over again. Yeah, such a civilized networking protocol. Ethernet <laughs> is truly the worst. Civilized <laughs> protocol. <laughs> <laughs> These are okay, the insights uh, you get from Nicholson in the morning. Uh, well, wakes up thinking so, about civilized protocols. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You, you have something else you want to say on that? I know. I was just going to say we should probably get to the section two thirty hearings. Um, oh yeah. Okay. If you're feeling it, let's go there. Let's do it. I'm already angry. He, he said it out loud. My my blood's turning. So first off, I would just like to say this was again a reminder that way too many people in government have um, no actual understanding um, of how technology works. And you know, if I could address uh, the other thing that's actual real fun is if you're on Twitter, there's a um, there's been a trend of these accounts. Um, where basically they they track basically people who don't get something correctly. And the amount of people on Twitter who leading up to this who think Section 230 says something it doesn't um, <laughs> is, is frankly shocking. Like People think that if you delete someone's tweet that like, oh, you're liable for everything that's posted on Twitter um, or that, you know, Zoom or whoever, if you do any type of filtering or any type of moderation. And the reality is, is that the, all of the Internet has to moderate because otherwise all of the Internet would literally just be porn and horrible things and violent terrorist Wait, videos. Most like, of the internet is porn. Eh. But no, the, <laughs> the, the, the really the, the challenge with section two thirties, the entire internet exists because of it. If we hold Twitter liable for every stupid hot take that Bewley and I have, um, it, it doesn't exist. And so yeah, the platform, burns. Tr- the platform burns 
and you know uh you know, th- th- imagine if we held Zoom liable for Toomley, you know, exposing himself on a Zoom session. Imagine, you know, I, I think yeah, everyone should be exactly responsible yeah. for their own junk. Um, it's probably been the best. Literally in that case. Yeah, that's was phrasing. That, that was a... <laughs> yep. Sorry. So, so with this in mind, I get to run out. <laughs> why is, why well is Section 230 the thing under attack? Uh, so th- the challenge has been is that they're they're some senators who are perceiving that their viewpoints are being deleted or that they're not given a fair shake. Um, And this has come from kind of a a reaction we had to the last election uh, where there was concerns about foreign interference. And so, okay, everyone got angry at Facebook because they didn't delete the stupid meme that, you know, your uncle shared from some Russian. And so now going through it again, there's a lot of it though, too, right? I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's, you know, general concerns around increasing, um, inciting violence instances, right? Where people are just kind of spreading things and then this this idea gets out of control, right? And they want to hold the platform uh, responsible for it. And that's why you see what Twitter just did, right? Where you can't just go and click a retweet button. You have, to, it's now two clicks. And then they also uh, charge you or challenge you to actually read an article that you go to, to retweet, et cetera. Right. So, and you see all the flagging information and all that kind of stuff. But I think that gets back to, and we've talked about this before too, well, um, yeah. it, it's a question of whether or not you use something like Section 230, an amendment to it, or changing it outright to force social media platforms to be more responsible by doing things like what Twitter did. Or you let those platforms naturally move in that direction. And, and I'm not saying one way or the other there's an answer or a right answer to that question, but... We've said it a hundred times, probably. Section 230 at its fundamental base is absolutely necessary for the internet we have. And and I mean all of it, right? What John was just saying. So if you dismantle it, we're going to be in a world of hurt. And But that doesn't mean it couldn't necessarily be adjusted. I mean, question mark at the end of that, right? What, What changes do you think need to be made to Section 230, if any, to avoid some of the sort of watchmaker interactions that some social media platforms have had, which is, you know, we're going to let, as long as it's not illegal for them to spew garbage and, you know, steer from state actors, even, you know, the voting public of the United States, as an example, in a certain direction uh, with, with untruths, then, do we have a legal responsibility to make sure that that can't continue happening? Or is that just the future we live in? Well, this is where I have a problem with the whole section 230 thing is because, and look, I, I was reading, I've mentioned him on this show before, Ben Thompson. He's, he's one of the analysts that I, I get content from. And he did a piece on this yesterday when he was talking specifically about some pretty serious contradictions that Jack Dorsey had, had gone through. And, and this guy lives in Taiwan. Um, he is an American citizen, but he just, he's very, very, you know, he doesn't do advertisement on his site. He's just extremely sort of in the middle whenever he does his analysis. Everything is about just doing analysis. And so he, one of the points he was making was that he, he felt it was painfully obvious that, um, and no one in tech was willing to admit it, that a lot of Twitter's actions have appeared to be exceptionally biased. And in particular, he was using... Oh, they, they probably are. I mean, yeah, yeah the, 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 them deleting the post story definitely shows bias through. Um, 
the, the, the challenge the post there. story being deleted and then not deleting. And I didn't even see this, but something about I don't know another thing about Trump's taxes, right? Whatever it was, that there was an inconsistency there. And what he was pointing out, and where I have the rub, and I'm interested in your opinion, anyone's opinion, is how does this? What does this have to do with Section 230? This Section 230 is about them not being liable for the actions of people on their platform, whereas this yeah. is more just Let like me- them controlling. What people are saying on their platform. Well, so there's I don't two know. sections. So, so just to clear it up for everyone, so Section 230 has two parts, right? The first one defines that an information service provider shall not be treated as a publisher or speaker mm-hmm. of information from another provider, right? So, like a person on that platform. Uh, section two of 230 provides immunity from civil liabilities for information that the service providers remove or restrict, right? And they go on to list the, the possible content, you know, obscene, lewd, you know, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, otherwise objectionable, et cetera, as long as they act, quote, in good faith in this action. That's what Section 230 says. Does that mean that they – does that give them the ability to remove stuff? Is that basically what it's saying? Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what the second uh, part is. Okay, okay so well, now, I, now I get it. They can remove whatever well, they want. They can remove or yeah, restrict. Yeah, exactly. You know, if they deem it whatever, right, excessively violent, harassing, you know, liable to all these other issues or whatever, as long as they Mm -hmm. act in good faith. So I think the concern you have is the second part, you know, that John was mentioning at the beginning. What constitutes good faith? There's also a phrase in there is whether or not such material is constitutionally protected. Free speech is not protected on on a on a free speech is protected if I go yell in the street. It's not protected when I yell on Twitter. Uh, There's there is. The courts have consistently said that um, uh, private companies have no no mandate to amplify your speech or, or support. With right, that. you can go yell in the street, but the, no no company has provided you a megaphone. And so yeah, exactly, that so is, you can you can master keyboard all you want, but Twitter doesn't actually have to post what comes out of it. Well, and, and fundamentally, that's kind of the beauty of the internet is every domain is its own dictatorship. And you know what? There there are uh, social medias out there that take very hard political views in both extremes, and they're very boring and no one goes to them. And so what I think Jack did was probably a bad business decision. Um, but also, I, I respect the fact that, you know, when you've got when you've got a lot of pressure and, you know, someone you've got to make a call very quickly before things go very fast. I think they made a bad call. In fact, he admitted that in the, if you watch the hearings, um, he thinks that they made a bad call and they've amended the policy that would have, uh, del- that would have caused that deletion after the fact. So, um, I mean, one thing that Zuck, and again, I'm not a huge necessarily fan of Facebook. He called out was that, you know, someone asked him, he said, how many moderators do you guys have? And he's, I think he said 40,000. Mm-hmm. And it's that's something like over, large two, over yeah, two billion that. is spent on moderation. So we can all get angry and say, "Well, they're not deleting enough, or they're deleting <laughs> too much." But <laughs> have you ever been an internet yeah. moderator? Have you ever oh been a moderator gosh. of a of an internet forum? I was a global yeah, admin. Terrible. Stop. That sounds terrible. I'm a, I'm In fact, they, there there was a story we talked about. They they're literally looking at having to provide PTSD. Uh, services so mental health services to basically every moderator on facebook that goes through that's forty thousand people that suffer permanent like brain damage from the garbage that humans put on on the internet that's freaking terrible uh, yeah, as a as a moderator on several internet forums, I'm I'm a moderator on Reddit. Like 
you know what? It's really nice that I can just act capriciously with my moderation actions and just delete things and not have to answer for it. Um, because if I did, I would quit doing that on every forum I've ever done it on. It's, um, I mean, it's the, you have to provide judgment and if people use bad judgment from a business perspective, they'll fail. So um, that brings up a good point that Senator John Thune, Thune, I'll say it's Thune, made a point on, and it was around the idea of like, who, who are the refs in this scenario? And he asked the, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the hearing. I did see this snippet though, of him asking all of the different participants, you know, are you the refs on, you know, basically free speech on the internet. And, and they all said no in one way, shape, or form. In fact, George, Jack Dorsey's uh, answer, it just made me chuckle because he just goes, no. Uh, just like that was it. That was it. You got to realize no Jack's contact. a part-time CEO. This is actually his side gig. This is his side <laughs> hustle. He actually yeah. is CEO of another company that he holds a larger equity stake in. Do um, you felt like it looked like nice. he cared about what was happening or no? Uh, I think Jack was I annoyed. He didn't. I think Jack was annoyed. Yeah, they Jack, Jackson probably annoyed. a good point. Well, the, so it's the the committee. I mean, the hearing was hardly about Section two thirty, and I think uh, you even pointed that out in a tweet, right? It was mostly um, Republicans on the committee berating Jack, right? I think you said that at the it, beginning here too. Yeah, no, it's basically they're berating him and saying that their viewpoint was that they their their concern was that they were going to be censored or that there was some type of outsized control. The challenge, though, is if you if you try to bring back some sort of fairness doctrine and you say, you know, trying to put a bow on this, if you try to say, well, you know, Twitter is going to have to make sure that both sides are equally heard and they're they're going to have to decide, okay, is that story really false or is it really true? And you you know, you've got two minutes to decide before it goes viral. Um, I think at a certain point, like, oh, well, there's clearly a logical conclusion. We need oversight of them. We need a ministry of truth. And then we're also going to need a ministry of fairness. And I think if I've, you know, read enough post-apocalyptic dystopian books, <laughs> if we have a ministry of truth and fairness, we're not going to get truth or fairness. Um, so, I think I mean, people- we all know the reason why Jack was picked on, though. They have a very recent example that appears... I don't know how you prove this, but it appears to be exceptionally biased, like we mentioned earlier. And so that's probably why Jack was mentioned. I think, in fact, in that area where oh – God, I'm sorry. I just forgot the senator's name. John Thune. Um, when he had mentioned that, he said Twitter in, you know, to a large extent and – then, and then he said Facebook to a smaller extent has done X and was talking about just the – the silencing of one and the, I guess, amplification of another very willingly, even though they both seem to fall under the same guidelines that you mentioned they amended uh, in the, whatever it is, in their policies. And so that's why Twitter, I think, and Jack in this particular case, uh, or Mr. Dorsey, was was being was being so picked on just because it's, it's like recency bias. They had something on him specifically in that moment that they wanted to address. So the, the Google questions were hilarious because there was one specifically, I remember where one of the senators, I forget her name. She named an engineer at Google and said, is he still working there? Because he said mean things about me. And it was the most, it was the most heard. It was the most petty questioning I've ever seen by a senator of like, wait a minute, is this person still employed? Like, question mark, question mark, they question mark. 
that's that's awesome so my fair they were mother called me yesterday and said (laughs) and asked me if i saw if i knew what was trending on google and i said no mom i i didn't see what was trending on google Uh, and she didn't actually have an answer for me so i can't go into detail but i just thought it was funny that uh my mom thinks things trend on google specifically (laughs) it's <laughs> awesome. So not everyone understands what these companies do. I guess is my point. The, my, my, your senators. Yeah. No. My question. My concern is that if we remove Section Two Hundred and Thirty, we try to amend it, the internet's going to have to get a lot smaller. We're not going to be able to have these open forums in these places. Suddenly, this exact you know um, platform, you know, your, your podcasting platform, now becomes an editorial platform because they decided they they delete spam it's it all falls apart very quickly Wait, excuse me did you just call our podcast that's spam? that's what i that's what i got out of it was it that's Netflix? what i no, called no, no, spam no. and by extension himself <laughs> since he's on here well no 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 i'm saying the app or whatever platform no. you're using to push podcast out it's it's going to become a yeah, challenge no, no. and so uh, th- this almost seems i'm going to dare say european and the uh reg- amount of regulatory overhead people are wanting to implement and you know, let's look at how many tech startups come out of there. It's, it's not a lot. So, how do we so. find a how do we find a balance? I mean, I've heard uh, I've heard Tyler say that you know he feels like it should potentially change or be updated, right? Which is a reasonable statement because it's you know twenty four no twenty twenty six. You're going to pass a constitutional old. amendment because the First Amendment's kind of a, it's yeah. kind of a it's it's pretty it's pretty strong, and the courts have consistently increasing increased the First Amendment over the past fifty years. Sure, mm-hmm. so. So do we do, um, do we do nothing? Do we drop it? I mean, what do you what do you recommend? I mean, until you get you basically remove um, free uh, until you you curtail that back. I I don't see a path forward. I think we need people to be smart enough to to recognize misinformation. I think companies will frankly be held accountable if it really does come out that Twitter just starts deleting every Democratic or every Republican viewpoint. People will just move somewhere else. Like if anything, yeah. we've learned over the internet with social media, people forget about the dustbin of all the social media platforms, you know, yeah. that are in the dumpster. Wave. Um, oh, I miss wave. <laughs> no, said no, I wave. no one misses wave. <laughs> no. But Dude, I mean we were on wave for my just space. a hot minute. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, come look no, at my, my political takes today. on on MySpace. But no, I, I don't know what yeah. wave is, so that one missed me. Get out. It was Wave was project killed by Google. It was another uh, project killed by Google. It was Google's replacement for email and chat in I yeah. don't know mm-hmm. what. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like it was kind of like Slack, maybe, but it really kind of was early, just really early, <laughs> like Slack and SharePoint. Early, yes. I, I think what Google you need yeah. If you're gonna come, if you're gonna talk about Google Chat platforms, we need to stop using their product names and just say like the year that they were announced and subsequently abandoned, because there's at least one every year. We should we should we should do a show where we go through the killed by Google website where they have every oh, project should. that was killed by Google. It may be actually a series because there are a lot. As I'm, oh, I'm sure of it. What's there's a killed by Google, Google Twitter handle now too. Uh, yeah, I, who, who I don't know which is Ryan worse. Player retweeted that. That cracked me up. Because you've got killed by Google, but then you've got Microsoft with like, we're just going to keep trying alive. and change Ugh. the name. I mean, like how many it's times true. have they failed with chat? You had Office, uh, OCS, you had Link, you, still you use had them Skype all. for Business. <laughs> uh, now you have Teams, which... I think they got a winner with Teams. Yeah, Teams, teams is pretty solid, especially for Microsoft. 
the, the uh, audio if you use the Mac client side of it's a little tough but the, the, the audio calls if I'm joining a Teams call, I need to do two things. One, I need to look at who's at it and see if is it really worth talking to these people because sometimes <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like, frankly, just less interesting people and less interesting conversations happen on Teams. Happen on sorry. Teams. <laughs> the the secondary That's factor is I need I need I need to if I'm not on the domain and on a domain joined lap you know laptop if I'm on just a Mac I need to plan on joining ten to fifteen minutes early. Uh, if I'm going to get out of the quarantine zone. so Man, you know, it's interesting. So I use Linux on my personal laptop and I have joined work calls on Teams from my Linux laptop with absolutely no issue. Um, so it's surprising for me to hear that it's had that many issues. But I will say that of all the platforms, I do have the most issues on Teams, but largely they've been, I, I felt like they've been fairly successful. So it's interesting to know uh, that Linux is actually working well in the space. Okay, I, let me. Yeah, wait, let's. Okay. I think we need to let go me, back. Let me interrupt here. here. We got we got four minutes left, um, and, and I think we've maybe beat that one to death. I want to get. Have. Um, yeah, before we lose John, I want to get your take on two space things. Okay, space thing number one: asteroid discovered uh, could be worth ten thousand quadrillion dollars, which is the first trillionaire is going to be a space miner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, it's worth more than the entire global GDP. Right, just this thing. It's made entirely of iron and nickel. It's 140 miles wide, and they think it was uh, the the core of a uh, of a planet, right? But it just got stripped away, and it sits in the uh, the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Awesome. Yeah, there's something. some cool science in that we may be able to study our own planet's core, like much more, you know, by proxy through that. But the the real right. hot take I have here is is the the, fir- the first the first trillionaire is going to be a space miner, or the first quadrillionaire. So. Sure. Okay. And then the next one, um, there was a little article going around. Apparently, Elon Musk is saying that SpaceX will make its own laws on Mars. What? What do you take on so that? So the the EULA, specifically for Starlink, which is their new... I, the more bigger thing there is Starlink's going to be 100... They're offering a beta of uh, yeah. setting low expectations of 100 bucks a month for internet anywhere above certain latitudes. Uh, the EULA incorporated that said basically... Um, civilian law will not stretch to Mars and we will recognize Mars based on the governments that form there or something. So basically he's implying he supports the the Mars colonists over the earthers or the belters, because of course he would exploit the belters. So, um, this is great. I don't even know how to react to what I just heard. I, the, <laughs> in our lifetime, we're going to see like every space. Elon Musk is going to capture real time. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to capture he's going to capture an asteroid and build a, a secret base. I mean, Elon Musk is is basically I mean, he he and he how many Maybe? I, I'm not We don't know yet. No, no, no. Okay, no, he's not Larry. <laughs> Larry is Dr. Evil. He owns an island with a volcano on it. Um just to be I mean, if, but no, this is a thing with our tech guys. Like increasingly, the more successful and the later in life you get as a, as a tech startup CEO mogul, the more you start acting like a, a Bond villain. Um, and Larry Ellison though has so the true. has the we whole were, volcano base. So, so um, Tim Davis, I think y'all know him, uh, or I think all three of y'all know him. 
uh, a friend of ours went to go work for Oracle and he was like, are they going to pay you on every possible salary that you could earn or <laughs> at every position <laughs> right there or something that you might be able to do? That you might be able to do. Yeah. That's hilarious. I feel like you can't touch Elon Musk today and not mention what I think is a pretty freaking cool announcement. Uh, it's got a downside and an upside, but he said, uh, one, he increased the cost of full auto driving capabilities in the Tesla from, uh, what eight to ten thousand dollars is going to be the add-on package now, but they they're releasing a beta for full auto drive now, and in his words, a wide release before the end of this year. So like full on hands off, take your nap, auto drive out before the end of twenty twenty. That's kind of big, yeah. Dude, I love it. Uh, yeah, Somebody- no, it's uh, I, I I trust the cars more than I trust most people to drive me, so that's that's Hell fair. Yeah. I've been yes. saying that for years. People get Dude, so excited because yes. the one Tesla hit a truck, you know, by going underneath it or something. It's like, I, people are freaking terrible at this. Yes. I'm There's fine a guy, with machines making a mistake once in a while. Two days ago, a guy died on the highway right here next to me because a motorcycle collided with a car. Motorcyclist falls off. He's he's going along the ground. Six other cars proceed to not pay attention and hit him and kill him. Oh, gosh. Right? That would not happen. If they were all driving Teslas, I'm just saying that. Yeah. It would so like the two. just kidding. The uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the Tesla truck factory coming online here Me in Austin. Too. What's interesting with that is they put it next to the uh, the tollway, which people who aren't from Texas will not know this. That is the highest rated speed limit in the United States. <laughs> you can it's drive boring. 85 it's there awesome. legally. So 85 is the speed limit, but you will have a cop pass you go while you're going yeah. 100. So no one I've, cares. I've done it. No I've done cares. it. It is the Audubon of Texas. It's magic. Yeah. And and the, you still uh, get third time I was on that road. It. Yeah. Third time I was on that road, I got on right behind a cop and he was going 92. And I just <laughs> locked it in right behind him. <laughs> Sounds right. That does I've been on that road. It is uh it's a joy to ride on because you get from A to B very fast. Oh man. Okay, well. I, I look forward to having my Tesla take me down that road at 140 plus miles per hour, uh, full auto. But that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. John, thank you for joining us. Love these financial Fridays. We are going to make this a thing. If it's not already a thing, I think it's a thing. Anyways, really enjoyed the conversation. We hope all the listeners did too. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with your friends. And don't forget, we've got a Patreon if you want to support what we're doing. Have a great weekend, y'all. Peace.